from the book of the prophet Hosea, chapter 3. Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love that the Lord toward the children of Israel, who looked to other gods and loved flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for fifteen pieces of silver, and for an omer of barley, and a half omer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days, thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will I also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without a teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are resuming our study in the prophet Isaiah. We're looking at chapters 32 and 33 this morning. Now, 32 and 33, they're kind of a mixture of warnings and promises. Now, one of the my views as it pertains to prophecy is that there's usually the message now for the audience who would have heard it at that time, and then the future end fulfillment. And so as we're going through this, we need to acknowledge that it's very likely also transcending and reaching through time to us today and warning us today about our behaviors and what's to come. And you'll see that there's like protection and blessing for the righteous who are trusting in the Lord, but trouble for those who have a casualness towards God, who have a complacency in the way they live, who are liberal or noble, the word will say, but it's really speaking to just kind of loose behavior. Let this speak to us this morning. These two chapters kind of build up to what we'll be reading next week, which deals with the actual uh, judgment on all of the earth. So you can look forward to that next week where it talks about God's wrath against the nations. So open up your hearts. Not a ton of commentary from me this morning. I just want you to kind of take it in and receive it as if it's a word for you today. Because the word of God is living and alive. Let's begin. The book of Isaiah, chapter 32 and 33. Open up your hearts. Verse 1. Behold, a king will reign righteously, and princes will rule justly. Each will be like a refuge from the wind and a shelter from the storm. 
like streams of water in a dry country, like a shade of a huge rock in a parched land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded, and the ears of those who hear will listen. The mind of the hasty will discern the truth, and the tongue of the stammerer will hasten to speak clearly. No longer will the fool be called noble, or the rogue be spoken of generous. Please note, right now we are living in a time where the fool and the wicked and evil and just downright horrific behavior is considered noble and brave, right? Because we live in a time of reprobates. And the people have been given over to a reprobate mind to think and to do the things that are unnatural. But it is coming when the king will arrive. And no longer will evil be called good and, and good be called evil and foolishness be called noble. Verse 6. For a fool speaks nonsense in his heart inclines towards wickedness to practice ungodliness and to speak error against the Lord to keep the hungry person unsatisfied and to withhold drink from the thirsty as for a rogue his weapons are evil his devices he devises wicked schemes to destroy the afflicted with slander even though the needy one speaks what is right but the noble man devises noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. Keep in mind, the context of the scripture here is that the noble man is the fool who thinks he's noble, right? Verse 5 says, no longer will the fool be called noble. So it's foolish things that they're doing, loose behavior. Right now, those things, the devices of the nobles and the plans of the nobles are considered good. But the noble man devises noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. That's all going to come crumbling down. The next few verses here are warning to women who are just complacent. Rise up, verse 9. Rise up, you women who are at ease, and hear my voice. Give ear to my word, you complacent daughters. Within a year, in a few days, you will be troubled. O oh, complacent dollar daughters, for the vintage is ended, and the fruit gathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Be troubled, you complacent daughters. Strip, undress, put sackcloth on your waist. Beat your breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine, for the land of my people in which thorns and briars shall come up. Yea, for all the joyful houses and for the jubilant cities. Because the palace has been abandoned, the populated city forsaken. Please note, it is my opinion, and this may not be a popular statement, I believe the modern woman is in for a rude, rude awakening. 
right now women have been able to live in a way that women probably have never been able to live and some of it's good but a lot of it's loose behavior and well I mean you see it right and the Bible talks about how there's coming a day when seven seven women will cling to one man and beg for him to take away her reproach you see there's this agenda against men and you see the propaganda through everything and it's so thick and so crazy right now there's coming a day you see when there's war and famine and blood running in the streets throughout all the world there won't be any feminist anymore the problem is I believe the scriptures tend to speak to there being a shortage of men the trouble that's coming upon the world is going to be very problematic for everyone but I think the modern woman is in for a rude rude awakening right now women are at ease but when it all comes unraveled it's going to be different I'm having trouble articulating my thoughts because I'm trying to be careful I don't want to be offensive But at the same time, I'm trying to point out that the modern woman is not what the Bible describes as a quality righteous woman. And the the true quality righteous godly woman right now is not getting the honor and respect that she deserves. But partially it's because there's so few, we don't even know what that looks like anymore. If you're blessed enough to be married to one, to, a, to what the Proverbs describes as a godly woman, blessed are you. All right, I realize I didn't get that articulated very well. I apologize. Uh, maybe after I can get my thoughts sorted, I can come back to that at some point. But the Bible here is talking about the women that are at ease. That ease is about to come undone. Verse 2, hill and watchtowers have become caves forever, a delight for wild donkeys, a pasture for flocks, until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fertile field, and a fertile field is considered as a forest. Then justice will dwell in wilderness, and righteousness will abide in the fertile field, and the work of the righteous will be peace and the service of righteousness and quietness and confidence forever. Then my people will live in a peaceful habitation, and in a secure dwellings, in an undistressed resting place. And it will hail when the forest comes down, and the city will be utterly laid low. How blessed will you be who sow beside all waters, who let out freely the ox and the donkey. Chapter 33 Woe to you, O destroyer, while you were not destroyed, and he who is treacherous while others did not deal treacherously with him. As soon as you finish destroying, you will be destroyed, 
As soon as you cease to deal treacherously with others, deal treacherously with you. Please note, this is the end for those who are destroying all things, right? The book of Revelation, I don't have the chapter pulled up right now, speaks about those who destroyed the earth. Right now, they are destroying everything. With their weather manipulation and the poisoning of the air and the water and the ground and the crops and everything. Meanwhile, they're blaming us, right? They're saying, we're destroying the earth through cow farts and <laughs> driving vehicles. It's, it's some of the most absurd arguments I've ever seen. But make no mistake, the earth is being destroyed. Just by them. They're just blaming us. The Bible talks about their judgment is coming. They're destroyers. They destroy nations. They destroy the planet. They destroy everything. That's what they are. But they themselves will also be destroyed. But the Lord will be gracious to us, to those who love him. Verse 2, Oh, the Lord be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their strength every morning, our salvation also in the time of distress. At the sound of tumult, people flee. At the lifting up of yourself, nations disperse. Your spoil was gathered, gathered as caterpillars gather, as locusts rushing about, men rush about on it. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. And he will be stability for your times a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Behold, the brave men's city in the streets. The ambassadors of peace weep bitterly. The highways are desolate. The traveler has ceased. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He has no regard for man. The land mourns and pines away. Lebanon is shamed and withered. Sharon is like a desert plain. And Bashan and Carmel lose their foliage. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted. Now I will be lifted up. You have convinced chaff. You, you, I'm sorry. You have conceived chaff. You will give birth to stubble. My breath will consume you like a fire. The people will be burned to lime like cut thorns which are burned in a fire. You who are far away, hear what I have done. And you who are near, acknowledge my might. Sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can live with the consuming fire? Who among us can live with continual burning? He who walks righteously and speaks with sincerity, he who rejects unjust gain and shackles his hands so that he hold no bribe, he who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. Please note, what we see here is like a picture of destruction, of judgment. And the question is asked, as this is happening, as the world is burning, who among us can live with that consuming fire? And here is the answer. 
He who walks righteously and speaks with sincerity. He who rejects unjust gain. He who shakes his hands that they hold no bribe. He who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. He will dwell on the heights. His refuge will be the impregnable rock. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will see the king of his beauty. They will behold a far distant land. Your heart will meditate on terror. Where is he who counts? Where is he who weighs? Where is he who counts the towers? You will no longer see a fierce people, a people of unintelligible speech which no one comprehends, of a stammering tongue which no one understands. Look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, an undisturbed habitation, a tent which will not be folded. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its cords be torn apart. But there the majestic one, the Lord, will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals on which no boat with oars will go and on which no mighty ship will pass for the Lord is our refuge. I'm sorry, let me, re- let me read that again. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your tackle hangs slack. It cannot hold the base of its mass firmly nor spread out the sail Then the prey of an abundant spoil will be divided. The lame will take the plunder. And no resident will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. That, my friends, is the end of our study in Isaiah. Next week is when we start reading about God's wrath on the nations. And, uh, yeah... We're going to read that and chapter 35. So we have kind of like God's wrath and then we have Zion's happy future uh, to go over. So a lot to look forward to next week. I hope you were blessed this morning. Um, you know, some some days it all comes together and everything feels great and everything's flowing from the mind and other days it's a struggle uh, to get the work done and it doesn't you know, it doesn't come flowing and it's not easy, you know, this is the nature of anything. And it's true for even when you're doing ministry work. And so this morning it didn't feel natural, didn't flow out naturally, but I pray and I know that the word of God goes forth. The word of God pierces hearts and it never returns void. It's never done in vain. It's always, it always prospers. The word of God does. And that's what I love about this is that it's not really dependent on me and my performance or my uh, intellectual brilliant thoughts. It doesn't need me. It's got its own power greater than anything a human can add. And so I pray you've been blessed and strengthened this morning. Thank you for listening. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.